Off the ball. He is desperate to beat Shearer's record. There's no doubt about that. If he does beat Shearer's record, that record may last forever. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. They are away. Diggs, the defending champion in five for Florida. The current collegiate record holder, Britton Wilson, in six, and Rashida Adelike in seven. And not much has changed since the start. That wind in their face, Dwight, seems to be affecting them a little bit. No one's really making up the stagger on the back end. Diggs now is starting to fall off the pace, and Wilson makes the move. And Adelike is right there. But here comes Britton Wilson. Adelike has the crowd, but Wilson has the lead. It is closer than we expected to be. Here comes Adelike. Oh my gosh, this is a huge upset. This seals it for Texas. And at 49-20, she just misses the collegiate record. Well, if that is her last race at NCAA level, then Rashida Adelecki has gone out with a bang. She is a champion. She beat the pre-race favourite, Britton Wilson, who had beaten her in their previous race. And naturally enough, for the seventh time this year, it's a new Irish record. So 49-20 would have won her a silver medal in the Olympic final just gone. Would have been gold in Beijing. Uh, Her previous best was 49.54. So as she grapples with the 400 metre distance, she is improving at a scary rate. Very happy to say Dervil O'Rourke is with us. Hey, Dervil, long time no talk. How's it going, Joe? So, uh, I mean, even you just you, you glance at like previous I- Irish winners at NCAA level and you're talking about some of the most revered sports people in Irish history. Like Adeleke here is right into kind of top bracket territory. Ronnie Delaney three times, Coughlin twice, Sonia twice. Uh, notably all long distance, zero sprinters in there. So, um, well, there's a lot to be excited about here. This is awesome. Yeah, it is. And it's so tempting to go galloping down loads of different roads. And I, I spent half the day going down them talking to different people about Rashida. But I think for the moment that we're in, for her to win the NCAAs, the status of it, the stature of it as a competition, how it feels over there. It is like being at the Olympic Games. It's so it's so big. Mm. And as you say, as a sprinter, like sprinting in the US for an Irish athlete has in some ways been the road not taken maybe in the past 15 to 20 years. More people stayed at home, more people looked at options maybe in the UK. But Rashida made that call to go there. It was an amazing call, an amazing decision made when she was young and at a time in her life where she was maybe at a bit of a crossroads having not gone to the Tokyo Olympics. So it's paid off what she's achieved is is outrageous. I was trying to figure it out today to compare it to another sport because, you know, we're we're all such track nerds that it makes total sense to us. But I was kind of going, is it like, you know, when Shane Larry won the Irish Open as an amateur? Is that kind of this moment a bit in another sport? I, I don't know, but it's, it is in and of itself, removing what it brings us to, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal night, phenomenal achievement. The way she did it was outrageous. So yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Well, I want to ask you about the way she did it. So it's an amazing time. And yet it struck uh, me and I'm sure lots of people looking on that this wasn't a, I'm in control of the race. I can employ my best technique and run against the clock. Like she was in a dogfight 
and still managed to produce such a brilliant run. So I don't know in your experience or, 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 or you know, based on your observations of, of sprinters generally, do you tend to pluck out your best time when you're in a, a race with an opponent right beside you or does that make it even more impressive she did that? You see, the, the time one for me is always interesting because I don't care a lot about times and records. And I know that might sound funny. The times are really easy to give us context. They can give us context in terms of like, where does it put you in the world right now? Where does it put you historically? But then there's a slight funny thing about that because obviously the shoes have changed a little bit. So for me, I never, I look at the context of like, what is the race and how did it unfold? So she was, I think in lane six, she had Britton Wilson in lane five. So she had the favourite inside her and in a 400 race that means the favourite could watch Rashida the whole way around mm. so she ran blind and she ran isolated so for her to run blind to run isolated again with the girl inside her who's the favourite for the title and she was dominant like I didn't ever think it looked like she wasn't going to win it um, Britton Wilson coming off the bend with 100 to go made a move Rashida was too strong I think I think her capacity to race so for me I think all those records should come ideally for a sprinter in a championship, right? Because you should be going at your best. Like your best times should come from a championship race because where you're the most excited, the most switched on and you have the most fight should be a championship race. And if she doesn't have that fight at an NCAA championship, you know, when are you going to have it? Like I think, and for, but that's the thing about her. That is when she has that fight. I think she wasn't racing. I don't think necessarily for the time. I think she was racing for the title and even defending the title. Like, so it was on in Texas, it was on her home track. There's an amazing video today going around where she went up to the camera saying, you know, not, you know, I'm not going to get beaten on my home track or something along those lines, you know. So she wasn't she wasn't being beaten. And even the commentator was surprised. I, I don't think I think a lot of people in the know felt like Rashida is headstrong. She's stubborn. She's competitive. And it was the perfect fire for her to explode in. Well, to extend that point, here's what she said about the race. So she was asked uh, tactically about her approach and she said, yeah, my coach gave me tactics. Honestly, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm just going to do what I feel is right because I remember the last time I used tactics, I was trying to remember, okay, he said, do this, do that. And I was just getting confused. So he said, all right, scratch all that. Just do whatever you feel is right. You know, you're strong. Yeah, and I I think people overcomplicate things. I think certain people have in a natural a natural innate ability to fight when the chips are down or when the pressure is high. And you had a packed stadium, thousands of people chanting her name. And, you you, you know, as a coach, she's a fighter. And like, I, I would always have this argument that as a coach, I think you can give people the tools and then you have to set them free and see what they'll do under that pressure. And for me, that's her greatest attribute. I know physically she's incredible, but how she performs under that pressure how she comes alive in it. Like I've, I've kind of said this, that I always think about her. She's kind of calm in the chaos because those situations, those championship races are chaos. And she is that calm. You can tell by looking at her and that moment when there's like 80 meters to go and you have that voice in your head of like lean into the lactic and the pain mm. or tighten, she'll lean in. And I think he know. I think he knows that. And I think she's getting more and more confident. You have to remember, she doesn't turn 21 until the 29th of August, exactly six days after the World Championship final for the women's 400. So she's learning every time. And it's, I mean, it's phenomenal to see. Well, well the learning point is key, uh, for instance. So mm. uh, Britton Wilson is 22 to Adelecki's yeah. 20. And 
Adelecki's only been running really seriously at 400 metres for nine months. And, and I, I suspect, I'm, I'm sure when Texas first saw her and they saw the length of her stride and her, her physical gifts, that was always the um, long-term plan. But she hasn't been doing it for the long term. And one of the questions at the start of this year was, well, could she break maybe 50 seconds? That would be, you know, a good improvement. And here she is at 49.20. Michael Johnson, who I suspect knows a thing or two about sprinting technique, he, um, and a lot of people would have seen this, he quote tweeted her race in uh, March in Albuquerque, where she ran 51.12, by the way. Again, we're seeing the improvements. And he said, look out when she learns to use those arms. She's carrying them instead of using them to drive the legs. And the difference is significant over 400. Helps increase speed and reduce fatigue. What is your sense of her technique at this stage? I think she's still forming into herself. Like, as I said, she's only 20. So she's not going to be, you know, if you if you do a head-to-head of her, she'd add likely at 20 versus 25. You'd hold, hope technically she's much more refined. So even that journey through like her her weights program and all that strength and all the conditioning, transferring it then over onto the track and how it impacts on her technique. Like, I think she's, it's all, this is a work in progress. Like this isn't, it's just not the final point, which is, and for the level she's at for this not to be the final point is is pretty insane. So I think her scope is huge. Um, but for me, again, it's back to the, how can she, how and when will she fight for medals and titles? And that was her first step. That was her, that's been her biggest success in CAAs. And now, now you look to Worlds, you look to Olympic Games, you're making those tweaks all the time. You don't want to tweak so much that it takes away from her natural attributes and what makes her comfortable, but you want to tweak enough that it becomes just that little bit better for her. But you're, you're nine months. I mean, she's still a really, really solid one and 200 meters per time. By solid, I mean, probably world-class. Like her speed is incredible for such a tall range athlete. So yeah, the, I mean, the scope, the scope and the ceiling feels like it doesn't really exist. You know, will she run 48 something? I think without a doubt, mm. I just don't, you know, is it going to be this year? We had her on the show a couple of months ago and she like she just came across so brilliantly, really mature for her age. And she was also, I mean, taking her studies very seriously at the University of Texas. Now, she would be due to graduate next May. And and like the, yes. the conservative in me is like, stay and get your degree, for God's sake, you know. Uh, but it does seem as if uh, this week or, or next week that listening to Carl Dennehy on the AM show this morning, a whole bunch of the top shoe manufacturers will be sitting down and offering her six figures to uh, sign up with them, hit the Diamond League and, and also whoever you sign with, be that like a Nike or an Adidas, that will almost dictate where you go to train. Now, I, uh, massively tempting. And yet I'm thinking things are going very well here. You're happy in Texas. You're a year out from the Olympics. Just there'll be ramifications with any seismic move. Uh, can you explain to us what's happening in her world right now on that front? Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's a hybrid. So the world she's in right now is she's an amateur athlete representing Texas through their system. So for her to be there, like that's a huge investment by them. By the time they paid her fees, her accommodation, you know, her access to facilities, her access to coaching, everything, the medical to support, all of that. 
So that's a huge investment. So their return on that investment is what she did the NCAAs. I mean, that's the blue sky. That's where you're hoping from any athlete you get in. Like that's the ultimate of yes. what she's done. So they're saying but job also, job done, good choice. You you've held up your end of the bargain. They're they're saying pretty phenomenal. You're okay. probably one of our best signings. Like bringing in Jordan, like it's been a ridiculous success. So, but then you have the pro side of the sport. So if you sign a pro contract with any of the big kit companies, you sign with an agent you are then not in that NCAA collegiate system. But there is a hybrid. Like she, there's a realistic chance that she could stay with Coach Flo and who she's had so much success with, yeah. stay with Coach Flo and finish out her degree, but maybe finish it out privately. So she's also, I would imagine, in one of the strongest positions from any athlete sitting down having negotiations this week. I, I mean, I think she'll probably turn pro. I think it would be... N- do I think it would be the right thing to do? I've never had that decision to make, but I think track and field is different to a lot of other sports. It's extremely difficult to make money in track and field, mm. extremely hard to carve out a lucrative financial career. And it's rare we have these conversations. So the fact that she's sitting down with various agents, probably various various kit companies being shown what's in front of her, she can she can negotiate. She's in a really good position to negotiate her terms and her conditions through Paris because every kit company wants her to be in Paris and to be in Worlds this August with a chance to win. You know, that's the reality, right? So what's the best way to get them there? Like, And if, if they believe that her terms will get her there in the best way, why would they not sign up to that? So yeah. I think she's due to finish your right in May 24 because... She's doing some extra classes because she started halfway through a semester, but I'm sure she could figure out a way to do that privately. But I mean, Joe, there's no guarantees in the sport. And if you're being offered four or $500,000 contract and you're looking at securing an element of your future, and then if you can secure a large amount of the structure you're currently in, I would be saying, why would you not do it? And also Coach Flo has really good experience of pro athletes. It's not like he hasn't done this before. He has. He's had some amazing athletes. I mean, he's, I think he's had a year with Sydney McLaughlin, Kenny Harrison, who's been the world record holder, the women's hundred hurdles. He's not new at this game. And yeah, I, I mean, there's different ways to do it. It's not, I don't think it's all one way or all another. Mm. And I think she will find that middle of the ground way. She's extremely clever. She's She's goes into things with her eyes wide open. And I also think, she has to be a bit of a businesswoman and her business is herself, her brand, the next 10 years, collecting as many titles as she possibly can, but doing it in the smartest way. And say she turns pro next week. What races does she run in between now and the Worlds and now in the Olympics? Well, you know, if I were her or I were her agent or I were her coach and she's turning pro, I would be saying probably more from her coach than anyone else. I'd be saying, OK, she's turning pro. And the ultimate prize here for you is that she runs the best race of her season or does as well as possible in world championships. And for her to do that, this is what we believe is the best path. And I think for a company to sign her now, her value is so high that she they need to trust whatever. If it's, I mean, I think, I think, do I think she should stay a coach? Of course I do, because look at the success. So whatever he's saying, the pathway is from here to Budapest and then the bigger prize from Budapest to Paris as a kit company, as an agent, I'd be saying, okay, you've done a pretty good job so far. You tell us yeah. what the terms are here. Like if you take a Sydney McLaughlin, right? Sydney McLaughlin, superstar, 400 meter hurdle, world record holder, huge name in track and field in America. 
rarely races. Race right. last weekend, race last weekend, the Paris Diamond League. Bobby Kersey is her coach. Bobby decides when Sid McLaughlin races. The kit company doesn't, the agents don't. Bobby Kersey decides. And then Bobby Kersey's reward to the kit company, to the agents, is that he gets her to a world championship with the best possibility to A, win and B, run a world record. So, mm. like, like the circuit's great. Like, I love the Diamond League. I actually went to one as a spectator in Florence last week. And But the Diamond League isn't the championships. It isn't winning worlds. It isn't an Olympic medal. So, you know, there's, I think she has all, she has all that, all that leverage. And what a position to be in. Yeah. I know. Amazing. Well, uh, we'll watch with interest, I'm sure. Derval, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Um, always great to talk about this kind of story. Well, absolutely. Derval O'Rourke uh, with us there talking about the rise and rise of Rashida Adeleke, who is uh, NCAA champion. And the next uh, year or so is looking very interesting indeed.